Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Run for the Song Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode five of Drum for the Song Podcast. I am your host, Dane Campbell. I've got a great show lined up for you today. I've got another Welsh guest, Michael Moose Thomas, formerly of Bullet For My Valentine, but now he's got a new band called Kill The Lights. He sold millions of albums, toured with Metallica, played pretty much every festival you can think of. He's good friends with Dave Lombardo, met loads of cool drummers, and he's got a new album called The Sinner, which is out via Fearless Records on August the 21st. I think we have a really interesting chat together. We talk about the new band Kill the Lights and he explains how they first got together and how they recorded and demoed their album. He lives in Wales, but the the rest of the band live in America. He also explains how originally he played guitar, but there was a particular drummer that influenced him to start playing drums. He talks about how Bullet For My Valentine originally got signed to Sony Records. And he talks about some of the great memories he had with that band. Moose also tells us about the gear that he uses. And he's been with the same brand since the beginning, pretty much. And he also tells us about his warm-up routines and how he keeps his feet really fast. He's got some good advice for you drummers out there. Uh, He also tells us how he recently got into running, which is another thing I like to do. And he also tells us about his dream band with himself on drums. Yeah, so I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, I'll catch you at the end. Run for the Song podcast. So hello, I'm here, lucky to be with uh, Moose Thomas. How are you today? I'm good, man. All good. All good. Yeah, man. Thank. Appreciate you taking the time to chat to us. I'll just introduce you really quickly to our listeners. You've got a band called Kill the Lights. I do. You've got a new album coming out now on the, the 21st of August. So we're recording this like a couple of weeks before the release, so it should be an exciting time. And you also used to be in a band called Bullet For My Valentine. Ooh, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll have a little chat about both bands. And obviously it's really exciting to hear about his new band. So do you mind telling us a little bit about your new band, please, to start off? Um, yeah. Uh, just a nice, heavy new band I got going with them. Um, a couple of the guys I've toured with over the years, um, John Whelan from Still Remains, um, James Clark, he used to be in Back of the Fight, and Travis Montgomery from Threat Signals. So we just, I text Jordan because I was bored. I was like, got any songs, any ideas, any riffs? And he sends me like 30 or 40 songs. <laughs> That's mad. Well, every every one, I was just like, "Fuck, I want to, I want to play drums on these." these yeah. So, and it just went from there, and then just built and built, and we got a deal and done the album. So yeah, that's awesome. Did, have you, like, is it true you kind of did it all remotely? Um, Ish. demos we did all, all remotely. Right. And then <clears throat> once we were satisfied with the songs, we went up to Chapel Studios in Lincolnshire, where I recorded the Poison the Bullet album. Oh wow. The drums there, and then Jordan flew over 
and then we went to Blackpool, done guitars, and then vocals was done in Minnesota, wow. in the US. So, uh, I, are all the other guys American, or is it just a few of them? All of them are American. Yeah, Jesus that's mine. was originally born in Peterborough. Ah, okay. But he's lived in America for 20 years. Oh, wow. He's got an awesome accent. Is he? I bet, yeah, I bet he's really, yeah. I, I've met a few people like that, and it's just a strange twang to it. Yes. Yeah. And then I, I've got friends who have, like, moved to Canada, and then they went full-on Welsh, and then within three years, they're full-on Canadian. It's crazy. Yeah. And without the twang, I don't know. But no, that's, that's cool. I, I've actually been listening to the stuff you've released so far. Uh, it's like it's a few songs on Spotify so far, isn't it? Singles. And yeah, it blew me away, really, because... And I play in like a rock band and I, I play with like lots of le- lots of metal bands. And I guess I haven't really been into many like new modern metal bands, but mainly because I've never really exposed myself on purpose. But like this was a re- real like breath of fresh air. It was really accessible. But it was really aggressive. The playing on it is amazing for all the instruments. It's, the melodies are there. The hooks are there. I think you've got something special going through there. I hope so. Yeah, the impression, like the impression it had on me, yeah, it, it was mind blowing, really, and it kind of had that old school thrash element to it. I think a lot of that came through, but you kind of obviously had a, like a modern production, modern sound, and I, I think it's going to tick a lot of boxes for like metal fans. I think so. I'm sure you'll well, do well. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But uh, yes, yeah, it looks like you've got a good, you know, good buzz together so far. So is it? Is it? Have you played any shows together yet? No, no, I didn't no. think so. I just wanted to double check. So um, yeah, that's that's it's a really good position to be in. Then that you've got the album coming out on is it Fearless Records? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got a really good roster, so that's amazing mm-hmm. just to get that off the bat without playing a show. I think yep. um, I'm sure you consider yourself to be lucky to be in that position. But um, yeah. I've seen that you've yeah. announced a tour. A UK tour so far for next year. Obviously, nothing's really happening this year, is it? So, no, all fact this year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I know it's, it's a nightmare. But um, now that's exciting, and, and then I guess hopefully you'll be doing the festival circuits and whatever you yeah, can get. Announced for download already. So that's, oh, no, that's amazing. So yeah, so we'll see what what comes in now. Obviously, with the album being coming out next this month. Yes. So open a lot of doors now to live shows and stuff for us. So yeah. hopefully it'll be a busy summer. Yeah. I think I think everyone who's in a band is hoping next summer will be extra busy compared to kind of obviously this summer's shambolic disaster. We're not going to talk about that. There's no point talking about that. Everyone knows about that. So did you did you have any plans to play shows this summer? I know I just said I wasn't going to talk about it, but did you have some plans? Yeah, we had a local show, like a warm-up show, because we were supposed to play download this summer. So we had a right. local show at Hobo's Bridgend as a warm-up show, and then we were going to play download, and then we were going to do a, a small show in New York. And but then it just kicked off. Yeah. So I guess maybe if you would have planned even more, obviously, if you know, yeah, yeah. that hadn't happened. So no, yeah. I guess. Well, it's the album still coming out, and people can can... I guess it gives them more time to get a hold of the music by the time you're ready to tour and then everyone should know the songs. Yeah, well exactly, yeah. I think it's a big benefit, I think, to doing it that way. Um it gives people a chance. But I guess yeah. you've there's I don't know, is it five or six songs on Spotify? 
Are they all going to be on the album, or is it some of them just singles? Or yeah, they're all on it. Eh? Yeah, nice, nice. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. No, I'm really looking forward to it because I I had it on I had it on in work today and. It's a bit weird. I couldn't have it too loud because I don't want to disturb the other companies next to me because it was like quite thrashy. But I'm like, whoa, I'm digging this. And I, uh, I had her on in the car yesterday and my wife was like, oh, I really like this. And she's not really into metal. So the fact that she liked it suggests oh, that you might kind of attract the people who like the melodies and the, the kind of hooks and the catchiness. So, and she's, yeah, she really isn't into metal. So, but she really liked this. So. Oh, that's that's good <laughs> but no that's exciting and um obviously uh, anyone who's listening to this now i think this is going to be put on the air a week before the album comes out if it all goes to plan so if you're listening to it on the day of release check the you know the singles out on spotify or if you listen to it later check out the album what, what's the the title of the album by the way the sinner the sinner Ah, yeah. good, good, good name. I used to be in a band called the Mojo Sinners, and I always liked the word. I thought it was a cool word. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's awesome, man. You were a founding member. If, if you don't mind, we'll talk a little bit about Bullet. With Bullet yeah, for my no, Valentine. No. You were a founding member. So, how long how long were you in the band? And you know, what what were your proudest moments and stuff like that? Yeah. Tell us some some great memories from being in the band. It all started from school, really. We were in a band called Jeff John before it was Bullet. So that was 97, 1997. Wow. And then we would up in full London, you know, back in full London all the time, not getting anywhere. So we decided to have a name change, re, re, uh, just and write music that we wanted to write rather than like play new metal because it was popular at the time, you know. Right. And then um, as soon as we started doing that, we changed the name, write music that we wanted to listen to. Um, our second show with Jay, when Jay was a new bass player, we got off a um, record deal. Wow. <laughs> with, um, with Sony, yeah. It was Roadrunner off at first, and then Sony came in. And we were like, oh, well. Went over to Roadrunner. And I love every band on Roadrunner Records growing up. I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, and it was like all of the gold plaques. They had on the wall there, but we went into Sony and it was like platinum plaques. We were like, <laughs> <laughs> ah, so that was the decision in the end. Yeah, yeah, money. Uh, yeah, money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess for I guess especially at that, well, I guess at that time it would have been so it was just after new metal, like you said. So I guess metal was big in general, mm-hmm. um, like commercially as well. So, but then obviously your your genre which was a bit more kind of authentic, mm. kind of had the more old school vibe to it with, you know, guitar solos and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that you, you know, Sony signed you like that. That was amazing. So I think- Yeah, we did. We had a five album deal. We did all five albums on a major record deal. Which that's amazing. Made for a metal band. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, you know, especially as you hadn't really done a lot before they signed you. You can understand, oh, they're doing really well. This, you know, you're, yeah. you know, you know, they'd actually go on. Oh, we'll cash in on them, and yeah, that's kind of other st- other stories you hear, are kind of more similar to that. So that's really, yeah, it's amazing. And obviously, obviously, you've left the band now, and the band is still going, but you're onto different things, which are really exciting as well. So 
Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, do you have any, like back, back in that time, were there any like achievements or like landmarks that you remember that were like particularly special or memorable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm truly grateful for what we did in the early days of Bullet. Um, I had loads of goals, but I kept taking them off, so I had to get new new goals for myself. Um, the first one was play with Metallica. That's yeah, that's so, well, that's incredible. Yeah. That, that that probably the peak of my career. That was. Did you that, did you support them like on a tour, or was it like a, a show? Or yeah, um, we did four shows with them. Wow. <laughs> It was like the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was their own show, and it was like a festival. Yeah, wow. it was like a hundred thousand people. There. Was that fairly on in your in in the in your band's career, or was it later on? Yeah, it was our first album, Poison. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess that kind of well would have put you in good stead for being nervous in the future oh, if, you, yeah. if you did that so early on, you know. I tell you what was the worst was it was a knock on the door before we went to open for Metallica. It's knocking the door. It's fucking open the door. It's fucking Lars Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking Lars. Like that's amazing. I, I just couldn't talk. I was just like. Uh, uh. <laughs> I bet, yeah, if you wouldn't expect him to knock on. Was it like your dressing room door or something like that? Yeah. And he was like, that's "I'll be watching." And I was like, "Oh, no pressure, then." You know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then was he nice? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. A lot of people say bad things about him, but I, he was a fucking awesome guy. Yeah, like, I, I've been, I'm lucky, I've met him, like, maybe twice, once when I was a kid, and went to Glastonbury a couple of years ago, and he, he just seemed really friendly, nice guy, you know, yeah. pleasant. He's not, he's, he doesn't kind of play that kind of rock star role. No. That I've never, that some people do, you know, and they feel, they seem unapproachable and, he didn't. No, he didn't give off that vibe. Yeah, they all took the time to hang out with us, say hello. That's amazing. Yeah, there's that. Um, <clears throat> I always wanted to sell a million records, which I, I did four wow. times over. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was in school saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in a band, or they were like, whatever. Whatever. You're in a factory, or you're gonna be on a doll. So I'm like, I sold four million now. Have you have ever gone back to like no, your school and that? They did ask us to go back and do like a talk. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going back here. So you, you were all in the same school, were you? Yeah, all went to the oh, same school. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Comprehensive. I yeah. fucking hate school. Nah, it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, 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 I hate that negative that certain schools and stuff have to the music industry. They just like, I don't like. I remember I was taking my A levels, or whatever, and I did what I did: music, media, and history. And then, the, and then a few of the teachers were like, "Oh, Mickey Mouse subjects, Mickey Mouse subjects." It's like, it's like it's, the attitudes are awful. It's like, it's oh, bad, my, yeah, it's really bad. And like, I, I'm not saying I'm particularly amazing musician, but like, it, you know, you just you said you've sold a million records doing music, playing music. It's like. Yeah, I tried to take music as an option of my last years in school, and they told me I wasn't allowed. What? As a naughty boy. You? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Not naughty, just too busy for school. My mind was elsewhere. You just, yeah, you just, yeah. I, I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a, I call myself a spoff, like, but uh, 
I was in, I was like, especially when I was younger, I was like, you know, school is the most important thing. And I got a bit older then, early teens, and I started going out with the boys and, yeah. you know, you start drinking cans down the park and that. And I guess my grades went down a bit then, but uh, it's fun and I don't, don't regret it. Me and Jay almost burnt school down once. So was... What? <laughs> really? Big pot of like real, like sticky wood glue. What? <laughs> I was fucking with it. And I was whoosh. And this guy came, booted the can to try and put it out, but all the glue went all over the room. Oh my God. But during school hours, like doing a yeah. lesson or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we, looked, we should have been up there in the first place when we were up there. That's <laughs> mad. That's probably the best thing we have at school. That's hilarious. That's mad. I remember one of my friends, just while you mentioned that, it just, it's just reminded me of something. I'm not going to mention any names, obviously, but um, for, a, for a joke, apparently, one of the boys literally plotted a plot on how he was going to blow up the school, right? And I think he sent it to one of my friends over MSN Messenger or whatever, saying, oh, what do you think of this? And then my friend who was living with his grandparents at the time found it on, on his computer and notified the school. And then, you know, he got expelled and everything for like, like I guess, terrorism kind of vibes. And then he had to, like, I feel it's really bad, but like, then he had to go to like a, like a special behavior, special behavior, like juvenile mm-hmm. kind of, you used to call it the place, like the place. Cause yeah. he was obviously a bit embarrassed about it, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's just reminding me of that. Sorry, just that. Like, I, I mean, he just said it was just a, like, you reckon it was just a joke to show this is how we, I would do it if I was going to do it. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty mad, isn't it? What can happen in school? Like, we were probably 15, maybe 16, probably 15. That's mad, isn't it? But anyway, yeah, we don't, don't need to talk about that. But um, yeah, so Metallica. Obviously, festivals, you've, you've probably done the vast majority of the big ones, have you? Yeah, we did all them. Another one was headlining arenas. That was, we did that basically all over the world, except for being quite hit today in America with the arenas. The big show was like 2,000, 3,000 cap wow. shows. But we never quite got to the arena level in America. So that was another tick off the box. And yeah. I think I'm, I was running out of things to tick off. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like what Ryan Ryan Funeral for a Friend said that like when he when he came to the decision of leaving his band, he was like, "I've ticked off everything yeah. I wanted to achieve," and you know, there's only one way to go, then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, but, uh, I think they do that now. They they've gone down quite a bit, so I don't know. Hopefully, I'll be on. Get, yeah, get I, think, you know, I think you, I think you will. I think you will. I think the quality, well, if, if the, you know, if the music industry does do you justice, the quality of the music suggests that you should be, obviously I've never seen you live, but I'm sure you can, you can all play. I can tell by listening. And, um, but yeah. And, and like, yeah, you, you're already getting on download and stuff like that. So like my band yeah. can't even get on download and we've been going a few years and I don't know. This, Wait, the office, I don't know. The offers never come in and, like we've done a lot of the other, I guess we've done like Hellfest and Grass Hellfest, Pop. Yeah, it's always, it's amazing. So yeah. like we've done other countries equivalents of, I guess, download. Yeah. And like we've been asked back 
to grass pop. Well, we, were, we were meant to be doing grass pop again this year, but it did, obviously didn't happen. I think hopefully we do it next year. But uh, yeah, d- download. Don't know. Don't know why. But, yeah, but the lineup, the lineup that was announced today, yeah, it is amazing. Um, I, I've been in work all day, so I, I glanced and I just saw, wow. And if I'm not gigging myself, I'll definitely try and go. Cause... Oh, my mum, my mother's proud because my brother's band are playing main stage, and then I'm back. Ah, oh, so you're, you're, I did, I didn't realise that was your brother. Yeah, my brother's in those damn crows. Those damn crows, yeah, because they're they're on the main stage. And I thought that was incredible because yeah, well they got well. I've seen, I've played with those boys. Um, they did Swansea just before Christmas, so um, I didn't, I didn't realise he was your brother. Ah, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, that, I bet you're proud of him. Yeah. Playing main stage down, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, pants now. But they, yeah, <laughs> I bet yeah. So you, yeah, you, yeah, that's such a cool thing for the family. Mm-hmm. Are you playing the same day or was it a different day? No, they do Saturday. I I do Sunday. Oh, there you go. And Friday is my fortieth birthday. Is it's it? Be yeah. Friday, what Saturday. A... I won't be able to drink really on Saturday because a gig the next day, innit? Yeah, I don't. I don't do stuff like that. Yeah. And it's a big gig. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you can you can have one, can't you? Can't have a couple yeah, for, your, for your bro, innit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they. Just have a few bites doing their set because they're on. They're obviously f- first on. Well, I love his first, but they're on early on the main stage. Couple for breakfast. Sober, yeah, he'll sober up then by the yeah. by the evening. He'll be all right. That'd yeah, but nice. yeah, that'd be um, that'd be cool. No, but that's they go in places. Those damn crows and yeah, yeah. We'll try and uh, get Ronnie on the podcast. Hopefully, at some point I'm sure yeah, he'll be up for it. I was in school, Ronnie. Well, oh, was it? Yeah, all through comprehensive school. Me and we used to get kicked out of classes because we sat next to each other. You were the same age, were you? Same like age group? Yeah, I think oh, we were cool. a week or two apart for birthdays as well. Oh, literally, wow. Yeah. Huh. To tap That's on the desk in, in school and stuff. Ronnie, I was in a band with Ronnie when I was in school because I played guitar. So Ronnie right. Did you? Ah, oh, right. So that's that's interesting. Did you play guitar before you played drums, or how did you know what? Yeah. what oh. Is it? Oh. Yeah, I'm Kurt Cobain. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. That's, it. That's, that's interesting. So when, how old were you when you started the drums then? Um, 14 playing guitar and then 16 playing drums. Wow. Yeah. I put on a, a CD or a, a tape and all I could do was drums. So I was like, oh, fuck it out. I don't want to be a drummer. But I guess something out had other plans for me. So. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. bloody good. So... Uh, so you must have, yeah, you must have learned really you're like you must have got gone from a beginner to like you said you're in a band when you were 17, mm-hmm. gigging and that. You must have learned so quickly to get to that level. I used to watch Dave Grohl playing yeah. drums, that's why I learned, learned to play drums really, just by watching, watching people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sim- similar with I think once you kind of get the basics and the coordination of your limbs. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what a kick drum sounds like. You know what a snare drum sounds like. I, I'm, I'm a bit more kind of like self-taught as well. But yeah, I used to like just listen. I guess listen to music, and then I'd just be thinking of how I would, yeah, do that with my hands and my feet. Like I can't, I can't play like you play. Like I, 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 I've never been able to play the really fast kind of metal stuff. But um, oh, I struggle. <laughs> well, I don't think you, I don't think you do. But I think it's something. I guess I've never been in a metal band. That's required it 
So I've never really put much time into trying to build up the speed and the technique to be able to do it. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm going on now. I'm 33. I think I want to expand a little bit and I think it would be handy for me to learn or at least get, you know, try and speed my feet up a little bit um, in order to do that. Cause I like, I play double kick stuff like Moat Dread kind of double kick. I can do that solid, but it's the kind of, I guess the fast rhythmic stuff I've never really tried a lot to do. And, and the super fast stuff, I, I wouldn't have a clue at the moment, but it's foot technique mainly, is it? Yeah, I got these um, like warm-up techniques that I do every day off. Um, I'm shitting in. Dan, the drummer for the sixth. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. And he's like, it's basically breaking everything down. So you just start off with your, your main foot, and then you do your off foot, whatever it's called. Yeah. And then you put them all together. And you just, I think the tempo starts, I think it starts 90 BPM and it goes up to 200. Right. Oh, fuck, no, it's, it's tricky, right? <laughs> yeah, you are. You are exactly. I think, like, I just never got past that. Like, I've watched a lot of, I, I haven't put enough effort into it, to be honest, but I've watched, like, f- people demonstrating foot technique. And, like, a few years ago, I did have a couple of lessons with um, a guy in Cardiff, Elliot Bennett, who, he's amazing. He's, he's a more of a, I guess, a jazz drummer, but he can still do all the technique yeah. stuff and the heel-toe techniques and things like that. And I just, yeah. like, I just never, number one, I never mastered it even slow to get it up to any relative speed. But I think it was deep down, I'm like, number one, I'm too lazy. Or I was at the time to kind of think, I've got to spend hours, you've got to spend hours and hours practicing, haven't you, really, to build it yeah. up. And it's, I guess it's the muscle, muscle memory and if your feet, tiny little muscles in your feet and your leg it's all that's crazy i get up to 185 do you wow i guess oh, well you know in blocks no yeah it goes for a minute my exercises do right I do it for like 50 seconds for a minute but i do it in blocks and then that's my peak i can't go no that is it but unless you know you, you know can get to that yeah well on a good day okay. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, is that something you've done for like, is that seeing you learned that back in the day and you you do that all regularly since then? Or was it recently? No, I've been doing it um, for the last four years, really. So, right. So since you, I guess, you, you've been off a bit more, so just to keep yes, your... Since I've had more time. Yeah, yeah, since you've had more time. Mm. Obviously, you've got, you know, the old, uh, the, the, the old bullet stuff is really fast as well, so... Yeah, all really stuff. It's up there on the feet, yeah. Yeah. Every <laughs> day just make sure I, can, I still can play. Well, that's good. I think that's one thing I maybe I, I don't do enough. And I, I, I have an electric kit in, at home. And it's really good, obviously. It's quiet. But I just don't get the enjoyment that I would if it was an acoustic kit set up. And I think no, if I had the... No, nah, it's, it's not. And... If I had the luxury of an acoustic setup, knowing I could play as loud as I want for whatever time or whatever, I think I'd be more inclined to practice a bit more because I just mm. get the more satisfaction and enjoyment out of it, really. Um, yeah, well, yeah, and it's, you can, you know, just little things like, you know, obviously where you hit the drum sounds different. I like playing with all the different sounds you can yeah. make. Um, 
and, and and part of me is if I'm practicing all these things on an electric kit, especially feet technique, and if I transfer to my real kit, it's not going to feel the same anyway. So I, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to be able to achieve the same results. And I kind of know in the back of my mind that all these thing, technical things I'm maybe practicing on this, I'm, I might not be able to do on my real kit. And I know it's lazy. I've got a yeah. separate pedal I have on my electric kit that stays there. Maybe that's lazy of me. And I've got a different one at my rehearsal studio, completely different make and all that. But they feel different, don't they? Should be all right. Yeah, but getting the same getting the same tension is hard, I think. But uh, I try. I get the way I like it to feel. I guess maybe. I guess a lot. There's a lot of controversy about spring tension and that, isn't it? So, do you, yeah, yeah, do yeah. you? This is interesting. Then, do you have yours really tight, or do you have them loose, or in in the middle, or and the height of the pedal and things like that? I used to have them as tight as they would go, but I kept snapping the springs. So I had to, and I was like, ah. Yeah. I was like, man, you keep snapping strings. He was like, we'll loosen them. Learn, yeah. learn to play them because you get it on tour. You can't go through a spring, like three springs in one show. So I had to loosen nice. them. So it's half now. Wow. It's half and the, the beaters are quite far, quite far back. Yeah, because that's, that's one of the things I've noticed. Because I looked it up a few years ago because I was struggling with, I think it was just the pedal I had at the time. And I was just struggling. I was just struggling to do like fast punk beats on it. And I think I'd fiddled with it to a point that I couldn't get it back to where it was. And I'm like, yeah. I, mean, I was just like, it was so frustrating me. I'm like, I, I've been able to play these kind of beats since I was, a, you know, a teenager. And all of a sudden now I'm struggling and I was faffing around with a pedal, different things. And yeah, they say to have the beater quite far away, to have the pedal really like quite high and then the spring's really tight. And I just like, this feels so hard because you, you obviously yeah. have to put a lot more weight into Probably it. Probably because you're thinking about it too much. Yeah, I think I think I think deep down it was a bit of a mental thing and I've solved it now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But um I, I bought a different pedal and started from scratch and now I'm happy and I'm not gonna touch it. <laughs> it's like I can play our songs on yeah. it. So that's what's important at the moment. But uh I fiddled as well. Well I'm like, oh something's wrong and I started fiddling and then uh, it's all out the fucking window. It went out it went on for months and I was like on tour and I was just like in sound check. And like I I couldn't quite do that one song last night. I'll, I'll try a different set and I'll try it again in sound check. Oh no, that's too far that way. And I, yeah, yeah. But I think it, it was a lot of it was in my head. And what, what was really, there was, there was a the support band on tour with us at the time, Leader of Down. I know their drummer, Daniel, was a pretty proficient drummer. He could play all different styles. I said, oh mate, come and have a go with these pedals to see if you can play this beat. And he just did it straight away. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, so I can't blame the pedal. I've got to blame myself. Yeah. So it's either my technique or it's just my my brain. A lot of people struggle with them. Um, should the beater be on the head or off the, off the head? Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. another one. I think I play in. I think I play into it more generally. Um, yeah, I keep it in. Keep yeah, it in. yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that's what I do. Um, yeah, and like when I try and do these fancy double foot technique things, I just I don't know. It's because I've probably learned all these bad habits by not learning them back in the day, and now I'm trying to implement them. It just feels un unnatural because I've played so long without knowing them. So I think to anyone listening, if, especially if you're young, try and learn all the tech 
all these special techniques, especially for foot. Try and learn them before you, you yeah. get to the point where you can't learn them. <laughs> but it, it, I might, it might just be me, but um, it's definitely something I've struggled I with. I shut my eyes and open that. <laughs> I actually close my eyes a lot, actually, drumming. I don't know why. Um, sometimes the bright I lights... I my breath, I do. Do you? Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. I, that's really, Yeah, that's not good, is it? But mm. I guess I've never thought about my breathing. I'm assuming I breathe because I don't pass out, but uh, <laughs> it must be breathing. I'm not thinking about breathing. Because I guess that's I'm something... Is it you just hold your breath and go, ah, that's mad. So yeah, you mentioned a few festivals then. Who, who have you, you've obviously toured with lots of bands. Who have you been your favorite bands to tour with, whether they've been supporting you or you've been supporting them? Anyone you'd like to particularly say were like really nice guys or a great band or anyone you think people should check out? Um, the funnest tours that stick out in my mind was probably Every tour we did with the band Sevenfold, um, and earlier our really early tours um, when we opened for Thirty Six Crazy Fists. Ah, oh, yeah, that was a real fun tour. It was just <laughs> carnage. Yeah. I bet that was a good laugh. <laughs> they were real super nice people, and they showed us how to treat other people. And you know, you're doing uh, they're just real nice guys. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. What countries do you like? playing in or have you liked playing in you've probably done a lot of them uh-huh. I like all of them um, my favourites are probably America Australia um, Germany yeah, I love Germany all of them the dodgy ones but the shows were great the, the, the venues were great the shows were great but it was just a weird place was Russia have you been uh-huh. to Russia I have, oh, no no definitely not is this, I've had a few, I've, I've got a mate who plays in a, he's in a thrash band called Onslaught. Do you know, do you know that band? Like know. 80s thrash band. And he's did Russia, he did Russia recently. And he said the crowd was, was mental. The crowds were mental. He said it was awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's like, it's, it's, it's kind of like going back in time. Really? It's, it's like mm. 1994 at the moment, I'd say. <laughs> at the moment. That's yeah. mad. Yeah. I, I, I've never had the opportunity, but uh, I think my dad's played it a few times over the years. But yeah, I don't think it's a place. It was. A, I don't think it was a regular, you know, like, like an annual place. Maybe I don't know, but uh, no. But everyone says America. Everyone says Australia. I've never toured either of them. I've, I've like a holiday to them, luckily. But uh, yeah, like I'd love to tour America someday. Um, just because it's, I guess you go into some of the states and cities that you might not holiday in, and and you can yeah. experience the variety and how they differ, especially like the south, the north, and the south, and the the west and east and stuff. And I think I would just like to experience noticing how how, you, how they change as you move on and stuff like that. Yeah, it's strange because it can be freezing in one state, but then yeah. you go to the next game, or you're not. Yeah, that that is mad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I, everyone I've asked says Australia, but I can see why. <laughs> I, I'd like to go back there, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome country. But yeah, we've, we've done Germany a lot. And I think what I've noticed about the fans in Germany is that they, they're very passionate and they're into the music 
and yeah, we like we're lucky that we get to go there quite regularly. So um, it's a good place, fam. Yeah. Uh, we've already mentioned one dr- drumming megastars, Lars. Is it ever, have you met any other kind of of your drum heroes? You know, over the years, or yeah, any any cool yeah, stories um, for us? Um, well, one of them now is I, I think he's a good friend of mine. We text each other sometimes, time to time. Is Dave Lombardo from Slayer? Really? Oh wow! Yeah, he's a cracking guy, lovely guy, and the most insane drummer I've ever yeah. witnessed in my life. <laughs> he is insane. Um, he can do things I've not seen other people do, basically. So yeah, he was one of your main influences, yeah. Yeah, and he, he's not just like metal guy. He does all, like you can do all Latin and stuff like ah, that. Ah, right. Which is a, you know, obviously when he plays with like um, Mr. Bungle, he's in Mr. Bungle and stuff now. So you can, I mean, that's pretty wacky stuff. To yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he, he's a he's a lovely guy. And um, who else? Um, Nico from Maiden. Oh, nice. He's a laugh. Oh, he's funny as fucking. He? <laughs> I, I, I met him once, very, very briefly. There was some hotel in London, and um, my dad's band Moat Red were playing. And then I think I was only a teenager, mm. and um, we went for a drink on like some rooftop bar after the show. And he was in a jacuzzi on the top of this bar, like, and uh, <laughs> he was like, oh, I have Phil or whatever. Mm. But, uh, he seemed friendly, yeah. You could just tell. I've seen so many videos of him. He's just a nice, jolly fellow, isn't he? <laughs> nice, nice chap. Because we had the same neck when I was in Boston. So when Maiden were off, I got to steal Charlie's drum tech. Probably when Maiden went back to work, yeah, he had to go back. Yeah, yeah. Did you have? Did you have a few of the backup drum techs then, or did you? You know, did you yeah, have regular? Yeah. You had regular ones. Yeah, I like to know people that they know know what my stuff is supposed to go like, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's. No it's I know what you mean. It's like I'm getting to the stage where, like, occasionally there's a bud, like a small budget for a drum tech, but what I've never really had a dedicated drum kit, drum tech. I've had a kind of guy who does a bit of both, or he'll help out on guitars and do my drums. But like, I yeah. think it's probably like the OCD in me, the idea of like. I'm I'm getting used to it now because he's got to the point where he can just set my kit up and it's pretty much perfect the way I like it. But like before he started doing that, I was just like, "How is this going to work?" Because I need to do it myself. And like, cause I've done it myself since I was like a teenager. I guess I've never, you know, I've always yeah. I've played a lot of shows and I've always done my own setting up and and even things like putting things away correctly. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but that's just OCD. And um, yeah. I've always just worried. Uh, you know, is this going to go missing or is this bloody tension rod going to fall out of the pedal on a stage? And like, it does, it has happened. And I think that's probably why I worry about it because yeah. it's happened. And, uh, but I guess once you get to a, a certain level, you, you just take spares, <laughs> get lots of spares of things. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Springs, lots of springs. <laughs> You've mentioned Dave Grohl, mentioned Lars Lombardo. Did you have any other like influence? influences as you know when you when you were learning drums were they the main ones yeah and vinnie paul pantera oh yeah yeah big influence on me um kind of when i started playing properly and knowing 
how hard stuff was to, to play. I, was, I go into the police and Stuart Copeland and stuff. Ah, nice, nice. He's insane. He is. Stuart Copeland. Travis Barker is another one. Yeah. Which I just look at. And, you know, you, you think, oh, I can play that. I can try tapping along. It's just like, no. Nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. He's, he's a big one for me as well, Travis. He's nuts. Yeah. He's insane. But uh, yeah, they were, it's good to have a, you know, I guess a range of, like you said, you just mentioned a few like thrash metal drummers. Copeland is in a, his own weird league of his own because he's, mm-hmm. well, it's not reggae, is it? But is it reggae influenced? But he's putting his own spin on it. It's, it's quite unique. He's one of the most unique drummers I can think of, really. But then he was in like, I guess, a pop, poppy rock band, I guess. I class that as, I don't know. But uh, yeah. no, he's amazing. So yeah, it definitely helps. Listening to different genres and not just the same, same ones. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, guitar-wise, you started playing guitar. Who were your guitar kind of um, influences? That's interesting to know. Um, I didn't really play it enough to do that. Really, just I started just learning chords and stuff, and then drums took over. Yeah, that's fair enough. So yeah. Nirvana and the grunge era, I guess. Just- yeah, which is all Dave Grohl. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever met Dave Grohl? Yes, well, uh, there you go. Just forgot to mention him. Yeah, <laughs> um, Red and the Leeds and Foo Fighters were lining, and I think we were two, two under. And we come, um, coming down on the golf buggy, and I was like, Who's that outside our dressing room? <laughs> Getting closer and closer, I was like, back, Dave Grohl. <laughs> and he was like, he surely can't be waiting to talk to us, but he was. And wow. I was like, fuck, was like, be cool, Bruce, be cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was like, fuck, you are the reason. I didn't tell him. I was like, but I was thinking, you are the reason why I am here today. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Fair yeah. play, man. Man. Yeah, lovely guy. Yeah. Um, well, he's got the. He's got a name for it, isn't he? He's got he's known for it, so that's good though, because he's one of the most well, he's probably is the most famous musician, like rock musician it is, I'd say. He's definitely uh, yeah, he's he's gotta be. Um so yeah, and this is a nice guy because you heard a lot of stories about other people and they they well they or they just sound like they bell ends basically. <laughs> so it's nice to know that he's cool, man. You didn't have any lessons at all on drums ever. No um, lessons ever. And, um, once I got the basics down, I went. I wanted when I started listening to the police and stuff. I wanted to learn how to elaborate and stuff. So I went down to you know Brett of the Drum Depot. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he showed me some stuff. Nice. And then I was I was gone then on tour. So and then, yeah, I, I think I might look into it again now. I've got a bit more time because I think. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think, like like I said, when I started having lessons with Elliot, it was I was kind of working full time, and I had a few bands on the go, and it was just like he was teaching. I was having fortnightly lessons, so I was giving myself, you know, two weeks to practice these things, and it was like mm-hmm. night before the sec the next lesson. I'm like, I haven't done anything. I had a quick half hour on my electric kit. Yeah. Didn't really master what he taught me, and then we'd go on to something else. And it was my fault for not putting the time in, but I was. I guess a busier man then than I have been the last few years in terms of like my free time. So I think, I don't know, like doing this podcast is spurring me on to kind of 
become a better player and just chatting to different drummers. It's just it's something that influences you. So um, I think I'm going to look into it. So uh, what what is that drum kit, by the way? The drum uh, kit behind you. It's my pearl kit. Uh, 24 kicks. Oof. 24. Kicks. I got 24, yeah, but I just have one. <laughs> nice. You always, have you always used pearl? Yeah. Yeah. Since we started. Yeah. Pearl were nice enough to offer me a full endorsement when I was in Bullet and I've seen them ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. Loyalty yeah. and all that. A lot of people were trying to, oh, come play with my drums, but nah. they, they've looked after me so much. I'd be a bit of a kicking the teeth to say, oh, see you, thanks for the drums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what symbols do you use? I have Zildjian symbols, all A-customs. Yeah. Awesome. What heads do you use? <laughs> we might as well chat about them all. Um, Evans. Evans, yeah. I used to use remote uh, heads, but then we did a recording session and there was an Evans EMAD kick drum head on and I was like, fuck, it's just, like a cannon, so I, I went over. My grand yeah, did. they're good. They're good for rock metal, and they those emads. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Vic Firth sticks, you yeah. say? Yeah, nice. Vic Firth and I've been them. Well, since as long as I can remember as well. Nice. No, that's good. Yeah. So that's like a, pretty much was it like a, almost twenty years? Would you say career or you know ish? Professional, I, I think, well, the first EP, yeah, so I signed the deal in 2003, 2004, I think saying, yeah. Ah. Yeah, so coming up, coming up to 20 soon. Oh, awesome. That's, that's amazing. It's like I said to Ryan, it's really inspiring, like seeing guys like yourself, like local to where, where I live, kind of do these things and you know, get signed to these big labels and play around the world shows that, you know, it, you know, it can be done if you work hard and um, hopefully yeah. it'll happen out yeah. to the next generation. And obviously, right, like we talk, we chatted on Ryan about some of his bands that he manages. I think there's a couple of Welsh bands. Well, he manages your band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think he does Holding Absence. Holding Absence, another Welsh band. But um, yeah, I think, I think you all do really well. <laughs> um, he's got some, okay. yeah, he's got the contacts there you know, to at least expose you to the right people, isn't he? So that's good. Yeah, he's clever as well. He doesn't just like, you know, he'll think of strategies how to best market you and social media and stuff like that. No, that's he's good. No, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Obviously, you've got that kit behind you that, with that setup. Is that the same kind of setup you'd use now in Kill the Lights? Yeah. Exactly the that's same. Exactly what I yeah, exactly what I recorded the album on. So that's cool. don't mess with it. Because <laughs> it works. And that was the setup you used in Bullet, the same amount of drums and cymbals and stuff. Um yeah, the, the gong drum would, would be on the other side. So I just right. moved the the killer lights behind the hi hats there. Oh you got I I can see the gong drum. Oh nice, nice. Yeah. I bet that's fun. It's it's awesome when it's mocked up in a big uh, big old room. Yeah, I bet. And com- combining that with like double kick fills and that, I bet it sounds huge. I've never tried yeah. one really, so I-, I can imagine it being really fun. That's oh, also, I should stick my head in it. I was like, yeah. stick it in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's class, man. But I, obviously, I saw you you're playing um, Pretend Hobos next year, so if I'm not on the road, I'll definitely come to that. Yeah, 
to come check yeah, it out. Yeah, I can tell there's a day off the next day, so it'll be on the All right. Oh, nice. You timed that. You did that on purpose, didn't you, obviously? It was definitely my idea. To yeah. <laughs> day off after the home, home uh, show. Yeah. Cool, man. So you've, um, you mentioned some of your kind of warm-up. Well, the, your practice routines while you're at home. Do you have any pre-show warm-up? techniques or um, anything stretches or anything like that no not straight i'll probably just do exactly the same i never wore my hand my hands i, I never worry about my hands it's always my feet so i'll just right. probably just sit there the, and i'll do the same warm-ups i do at home i think that's good last, do you do them with an actual pedal and a pad or do you just yeah it will be yeah yeah so yeah that's i guess that's one thing i've never tried either so you would like so you'd have like an extra pedal in the dressing room or whatever yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. I put the tension, the tension quite tight. Yeah. So although you 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 work in more hard to warm up, but as soon as you hit the kit, then yeah, you're gonna be flying. Ah, uh, right, see that. I used to use ankle weights as well. Really. To warm up with. Wow. Yeah, they're awesome. I've lost them now. I don't know where they are. Some mm-hmm. more. You get some more. That's a good idea. So then, when you get to the gig, it just seems like a breeze. Well, in you know, yeah. relatively. It seems that. Like just easy. Yeah. I never, I've never heard of that, that idea before, that technique. Ankle weights. That's mad. Good idea. You take them off and you, you just, your legs feel all light and like super fast. Nice. It's awesome. Yes, that's a really good idea, man. Do you have kind of any advice for our drummer listeners out there, like with regards to maybe like writing your drum parts or the songwriting aspect? Or any you know any advice at all so it's good to get people's opinions um just just enjoy your drums and write your own parts and yeah play make sure you can play them yeah i think that's important you know, i think a lot, a lot of people write more, a lot of guitarists are writing drum parts now yeah so on computers like, yeah all insane like and you're like, you can't play that. Well, you could, but it's going to take freaking 10 years to learn it. So, yeah, just try and nail your own parts and just be salt. I, I always love solid drummers. I hate flashy drummers. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I'm the same. Yeah. Just play play for the song. and. Well, that's what this podcast is called. This podcast called Drum for the Song. Because that's, oh, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm all about, man. It's just, you know drumming for the song and like I'm not trying to show off my my own technical ability at all it's just I'm trying to play well it's right for the song and I just think it's a good outlook really and yeah. it's not about you is it if you're in a band no, <laughs> no nothing with drummer just what plays it's just spoils the fucking song it's just like yeah it's not about you dude. you're the guy in the back <laughs> you know yeah I, mean? I know it's, it's you know at the end of the day, I, you know, I think a drummer is an important part of a band, but the average listener or person watching, you know, they're listening to the song, they're probably listening to the lyrics and the vocals and that. They probably don't realise, but what the drummer is doing is probably making them feel something. Or, you know, that's, yeah. make, that's creating them the head banging or, the, you know, the, the groove. But that's, you know, unless you're a drummer... They're not thinking about what you're doing. They might think it looks cool, or if you do, if you like, I don't do any of the stick throwing or anything. And you know, I, if people no, can do I mean, that, and if people can do it and pull it off, great. Because, but um, I've never 
wasted energy trying to learn, to be honest. I, I don't know. But like I said, I'm a bit I, lazy. I tried to do it. I'd, I'd fucking drop my sticks and I'd be like, look, I look like a right prick. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. But um, yeah, man, it's just like, it's not a drum solo. If you want to do a drum solo, ask your band, can you do a drum solo if the time allows it, if they want a break? And then... I, I hate drum solos as well. Like, I think when I was younger, I used to think it was cool, but like now I'm just like, it depends what kind of band it is, I guess. There are some drum solos I've seen, I'm like, wow. And I can understand sometimes why they pull it in the set. If like some of the other members of the band are a bit older and they need a break. Because that, that's the kind of world I'm in. I'm, you know, I play with a lot of bands where, you know, the lead singer is like 70 or whatever. Or, you know, I can understand you know, they need a little bit of a break or a breather or a drink and then, yeah, give the drummer five minutes to do something. That's fine. And I think there's a place for that. But you hear so many yeah. jokes and I've experienced people just say, oh, drum solo, let's go to the bar. And it's just like, well, do you yeah. want to be on the receiving end of that? Like, I don't really want to. It's, it's you know, I, I've, never done, I've never done a drum solo. And even if, I mean, if I did, yeah. You can get another song in. Yeah, know. do another song, yeah. But I'd hate, you know, if I'd spent hours learning a drum solo, you know, something, planning out a drum solo, and then I'm doing it for the first time ever, and I literally see people walk into the bar, I'm just like, that's not going to spur me on to <laughs> enjoy the rest yeah. of the show. It'll just annoy me, so. Exactly. But, but I don't know. Yeah, is there anything, you know, anything you you like doing in your spare time then? When you're, you're at home, you're not on tour, you're not, you're not practicing. What are your kind of hobbies and stuff? Um, music is all I ever do. I hang out with the kids. Yeah. Oh, I go running now. I decided to go running. Nice. I've been running for three weeks and I'm addicted to it. <laughs> That's interesting you say that. I've had a few um, spells with it, especially at the start of this kind of lockdown. Again, I got into it, but my right knee, my bass drum knees playing up on me. And, um, it's getting it's a bit better now, but um, I think it's something that's definitely related to drumming. That's maybe caused a bit of a weakness, or you know, it's worn yeah. it down a bit, and it, it does get aggravated when I go for runs. But I'm still trying to do you know two a week if I can. Yeah. But I did have a few. I took a few weeks off in the middle because every time I'd go out, I, it just shat like I'd be in agony. Or I'd, I'd actually have to stop once. I'm like, I can't run anymore. And I had to hobble home. I had to hobble home like two miles. Yeah. And um, oh, my, so, my feet were in, I had to have a week off because I literally couldn't walk. I'd run too far, too much, too quick. Yeah, that's, they say to gradually build it up, don't they? they, they a lot of people recommend. That's, that's cool you're into that because I really enjoy it. I love it. I love doing it. I think it's really good for my head. Just, uh, I put some headphones on and, you know, I make some time for it, especially if it's a little bit, I like a nice sunny day. I can feel the sun on me. I, I like that, which is rare in Wales. But uh, but I, I think yeah. I'd recommend <laughs> it to anyone, you know, you know, even if you're just going for a, sh you know, a short run or it's, it really makes you feel amazing after. And I, I like to think it's helping oh, yeah, me yeah, with my stamina, like my yeah. drumming cardio stamina, I guess, that you need, you need when you're playing big gigs or really hot stages and stuff. I think it helps with that. But um, my knee, my knee's playing up a little bit. Um, so <laughs> that's a little bit of a warning. Have you heard of the, do you know about the Running Punks running group? Have you heard of those? Yeah, 
I've been talking to Jimmy, is it? The that's it, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice guys in Rodri. Yeah. But that's cool, yeah. I just checking you knew about it because it's a really cool community to be in and it's mainly like musicians and stuff. Yeah, well, he's, he's going to review the album as well, ah. which is awesome. Oh, nice. I love his review. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone's listening, um, yeah, Jimmy Watkins, isn't it? It's his name. Mm-hmm. Watkins, and he, he literally reviews albums while he's jogging. He takes like a GoPro out with him. And like he'll rate there on like how far he went or his pace or something like that. It's, but it's, it's so funny because he's just hilarious, isn't he? And um, yeah, he's proper, he, <laughs> yeah, proper well. She's from, I think he's from like, is he from Slanetli somewhere like that? Kind of that down or Swansea Slanetli way, something like that. Ah, uh, it's hilarious. And he's normally doing an album or a band he's never heard before. So it's literally like you're getting his reaction for the first time he's ever heard a particular band or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, no, really good. Yeah, check them out. If anyone else is a runner, um, it's a cool community running punks. Just get involved. It's really good to spur each other on and stuff with, with stuff like that. But glad you're a runner. Yeah, so finally then, this is the one I'm going to... I always ask this to everyone I speak to. With yourself on drums, who would be in your perfect band? Like Dead or Alive... The members could be dead or alive. Who would be in like the ultimate kind of band? Um, oh, <coughs> alive. I am enjoying my time with Killer Lights on that one, so I'd probably say alive. Right, I was meant to say apart uh, from your own band, but yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's good. You got to say that. <laughs> dead. I I would have loved to jam and die by Daryl. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that would have been cool. Uh, yeah. Cliff Burton on a bass guitar. Yeah. Yeah, man. And vocalist. You can mix a match. You can mix and you know, you can put like someone who's alive on vocals or whatever if you want. Yeah. Freddie Freddie Mercury. Uh Freddie Mercury on vocals and uh, Cliff Burton on bass. That would be mad. I think Ryan said Freddie Mercury as well. I think yeah, I think it's gonna be hard to beat him. Oh yeah. That'd be class. Yeah, he's he's the ultimate. Imagine that. That'd be wicked. Hearing, I guess Queen had a few heavy, heavy-ish songs, didn't they? But um, yeah, imagine that with dime bag on guitar. No, awesome, man. I think it'd be class. It's just, it's just interesting to hear what people say. So I think it's a good, good question to ask. But, but yeah, thanks so much for your time, man. And um, make sure all the listeners check out the the new album when it comes out. And obviously, to follow you off social media, is it anywhere in particular you you know you're more active or you want people on? Um, I'm on them all. I'm on Twitter and Moose KTL, same yeah. as Instagram. Okay. KTL. No, I'm not on Facebook. I am. On, I got a Facebook, which is for like friends yeah. and family. But it's just those uh, Twitter and Instagram. The, the band are all. Yeah, so Killer Lights. And um, one thing I did see, which was cool on, on your, the Killer Lights Spotify account, there's like, you've got little playlists with all your different influences. Yeah. And I, 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 I had to listen to that today in work and like, a lot of it was like, whoa, so much heavy stuff. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. with some bands, I, you know, I know the Slayer and the Metallica and Sepultura and there's a few bands I'd never heard of on there, but I, I was like, fair play, this is awesome. But I think it's a good idea, yeah. and I think it's, it's given me a good idea to kind of maybe do that for my band because 
yeah, it pushes you without releasing music. You're still putting yourself out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's just interesting to see where your influences do come from um, and, and how, you know, how well that can, I guess, create the sound of your band. But yeah, man, thanks so much for that. Um, I can't wait to listen to the album in full. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out. And I like, like I listen to albums in full. I don't like listening to yeah, odd yeah, tracks guess, and playlists. And I think, per, you know, putting it in order is the way it should be. So <laughs> man, I, I'm sure it'll be good running music, actually. I probably... Yeah. I've started running to like old school Metallica. I've noticed my pace it makes me run faster. It's mad. I did um, kill them, kill them all, and I was like, say an extra, no, a mile was like a minute less, an entire minute less <laughs> <laughs> running to kill them all compared to whatever whatever I normally listen to. So uh, yeah. no, I think it'd be good running music yeah. as well. But um, thanks for your time, man. Really appreciate it. We'll speak to you soon. Cool, man. Cheers. Run for the Song Podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. I'd never met Moose before, but it seemed like, you know, he was really easy to get on with and he had a lot of cool stories to tell. If you do like your rock and metal, I do recommend you check out the new band, Kill the Lights. Like I said in the intro, the release date is August the 21st, so it should be out by the time you're listening to this. So get on it, buy it, and, um, you know, let me know if you checked it out. If this is the first podcast of mine that you've heard, feel free to go back and check out the other episodes. I've interviewed Nigel Glockler from Saxon, Ryan Richards from Funeral for a Friend, and Matt Sorum, who was in Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver. It's always great to hear when people are listening to the podcast online, so feel free to follow me on social media and tag me in any posts or stories. On Facebook, you can find me under Dane Campbell Drummer. I've also got an official Drum for the Song Facebook group on there if you want to search for that and join in. Want me, you know, we can talk about anything you want, really, and sometimes I do polls on there, and it's just a little bit of fun. On Instagram, the podcast page is Drum for the Song, or if you want to follow my personal account, it's Dane underscore Drums, and that's the same as Twitter. If you've really, really, really enjoyed my podcast and would like to say thank you by supporting me, there are a few ways you can do that. I have a Patreon page, so you can sign up to the Patreon and you can get some you know, extra benefits, exclusive content and stuff like that. I'm also doing a monthly Q&A session over Zoom, so you can get involved in that if you sign up to some of the tiers on there. But if you'd rather not have a monthly commitment, which is what Patreon is, you can still make a small one-off donation via the ACAST support feature. So there should be a link somewhere, whatever you're listening to this. You know, obviously, I'm trying my best to make as many of these as possible. I'm normally a professional drummer, but obviously with the, the COVID situation, all the summer has been cancelled. So all my income from the live shows is just completely disappeared. So I'm, you know, I'm trying my best to do this. I'm enjoying doing this, so I'll continue to do it anyways. But, you know, anything you do want to donate to me would be massively appreciated. So feel free to share this podcast with any friends or family members or any drummers that you might know that might be interested. One thing that would be really great would be if you could subscribe to the podcast and to my YouTube channel. 
Or if you're listening to the podcast somewhere where it gives you an option to rate the podcast or leave a written review, I know iTunes does, it would be really appreciated if you could do that, especially five-star reviews, as it does help me with the search listings. So that's it for this episode, folks. Thanks again to Moose for taking the time to chat to me. And thank you for listening. And until next time, don't forget to drum for the song. Thank you.